Hello, hello, everyone. JR, welcome to the JR Show podcast. I appreciate that you're listening to this because we put a lot of work into it. And if you weren't listening, it'd be all for nothing. So let's talk about this new episode of the JR Show podcast. Around these halls, some of us think it could be our favorite all time. Just saying, that's a big sentence. But today's guest is Rhett Walker. Yes, at some point during this conversation, I refer to him as potentially somebody who looks like somebody who could work at a gas station. Didn't mean any offense to that, but he embraced the comment and we had a little fun, Rhett Walker and I. I hope you enjoy this. So here is Rhett Walker. Ladies and gentlemen, will you please put your paws together for Mr. Rhett Walker. Hello. Paws. 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 Like, yeah. This is kind of odd because when lockdown was going on, I was a guest on your very popular, was it a Zoom? No, it was Instagram. Oh, it's like Instagram. an Insta. Yeah, it was. It was extremely popular. Um, I skipped one day, and my main viewer, my mom, she was <laughs> she was a little frustrated because she was like, "This is the time that Doctor Phil's not on," and so I usually watch your Insta live, and you skip today. So yeah. We're still mending that relationship. Right. But yeah, you were you were a guest and you yeah. know, people said that was the best episode to ever happen out of quarantine with Rhett. It felt good as it was happening. I feel like my jokes were coming off. They were great. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like uh I, I rededicated my life in the middle good. of it. Um it was just a good all around experience. So my mansion grew. I'm hoping this <laughs> will be a great experience too. Yes. It already well, feels great. Well, I t- you, there was a buzz going on around the, um, uh, at least around our building. People kept coming to me. I'm kind of like the, I don't want my phone anywhere near me. I want a, a hermit. I am a hermit <laughs> waiting to happen. Whereas yes. everybody else is more connected. And I'm like, I don't want the phone anywhere near me. I'm going to live off the grid in the next five years. That's awesome. And so when they were like, have you seen that new Rhett Walker thing he's doing? And I was like, no. And they showed me some episodes and I'm like, I didn't know Rhett was that funny. Like for some reason, it was it? <laughs> it was an overnight thing. Okay, you know? as talent you just had I, hidden. I was I was a stick in the mud, yeah. and then I woke up one morning and I was like, I got jokes. Yeah, you know, and if you got jokes in your heart, you, you gotta tell the world. I gotta be honest with you. Um, we know the song "Believer." It's, it's been a really good hit for us this year. I mean, one of our most popular songs the past oh, that's cool. year, and. Um, one of our employees was like, which one is red again? I'm like, started singing the song believer. What does he look like now? The, these words came out of my mouth. Please don't oh, be offended. No. I said, well, he looks like he could run a gas station. <laughs> <laughs> what does that even mean? I was like, I thought you were going to say like a Southern model, you know, or something like that. But you of... know what? I'll tell you something that's funny. This well, it's not really funny. It's just part of my life. Uh, I love gas stations. Like more than anything. Like I like traveling, driving down the road, stopping at gas stations, getting a sun drop in a slim gym. A hat. Like yeah, getting a hat. Um, but I was actually with Jeff and we're traveling through Texas. And it you know, the sky it was about sunset, the wind was blowing a little bit, bald eagles were flying everywhere. Yeah. When we stopped in the parking lot of a gas station called Bucky's. And you can, there's, there's a beef jerky bar where you can go sample beef jerky. They sell furniture. 
They have all the little like Hobby Lobby plaques you hang on your wall with scripture verses. Yeah. So I was able to score Christmas, new living room furniture that was camo. Yeah. And so you, my wife don't like it, but it's comfy. And then a snack for the road, yeah. a little bit of beef jerky and a sun drop. Bucky's is the coolest place. Okay. I mean, it's like a, it's like if Target was cool. Right. Ooh. You know what I'm saying? Well, th- yes. The reason I admitted to you my gas station employee comment is because on your very popular podcast, you you cleaned up. So you were like this. Like you looked, I'd never seen you dressed so nice. You were kind of tie on. Yeah. You know, I was like, is this a costume or is this the new red? Well, it, it was kind of a costume and I had to make sure it was a costume because, because when I took my hat off and, you know, kind of cleaned up, shaved a little bit, put a tie on, I had to like put a disclaimer on yeah. that show that I'm, I've been married for 16 years. I'm still married. Right. You know, because I was afraid <laughs> messages were just going to pour in. Like, yeah. are you single? Who's this super hot, talented guy? Yeah. So DM me. No, nobody yeah. sent it. But I think it's because they saw my they saw the ring on my finger. They that's why. Yeah, I get the same thing. <laughs> no, um, I think you won over some new fans during that period. But I also want to know: Do you feel like you unlocked a skill um, that you didn't know you had, or and and also is there something coming in the future that's going to come out of this? Um, because people were talking about it like this guy's good. He's funny. He should do more of these, even if there's not a lockdown. Yeah. Um, so do you feel like that's a skill you've uncovered? And is there a hole in the faith-based community for a late night? Like, do you notice we don't have a, awesome. a Leno, uh, a Letterman yeah. for faith? And with the Zoom stuff, you could have guests every night, a musical guest. I do think the pandemic changed how we view, like, entertainment. Yeah. You know, because... Like you said, you've got your late night shows. You've got your like TV shows at eight that you watch. Your Netflix stuff, like it. It calls people when you know. I took February, January, and February off, and tour was supposed to start in March. We got one night of tour, and then everything was canceled. And so I'd been at home with my four kids. We got to wait on that. It's the ice maker. <laughs> I shouldn't have taken the mic to the bathroom. Yeah, if you can wash your hands later, that'd All be right. great. I'll start from there. <laughs> So I took January and February off, had tour was starting in March, got one night in, tours canceled. And I was at home like in dad mode. I've got four kids, 15 to age two. And so kind of been in that world. And then it was like, you kind of, you don't put on a persona, but it's like, I'm going to work. Like it's time to have some fun. We're going on tour. So I think I was kind of still in that mindset. You can't just turn it off, but now I'm just back home. Right. You know? And so I'm like, man, what do I do? How do I still get to talk to these fans? I was looking forward to this, like going out on the road and doing all the things you can't do, like high five and hug and fist bump and, you know, rub people's heads and try on their hats. Jump up and do the booty hit. Yeah. Do the skate or die jump with a a line of people. Do the wave. All the things you can't do now. And so I was like, you know what? What if I did this Insta Life thing and talk about what I'm doing? And so I talked about, you know, shows I was watching, um, all the books that I'd read. I read, like, started one, um, all the new music that I liked, you know, that kind of thing. And then it just kind of, I don't know how it became what it became, but it just kind yeah. of developed into that, which is basically just me being me, I guess. But dressed dapper. 
Like, yeah, you know, you gotta, up. you gotta be cool. <laughs> you know, like that's what all the kids, all the kids on the street, they said that my Insta live was fire. And so I don't know what that means. Yeah. But I was like, oh, I bet it means it's like cool. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's hot. So, yes, yeah, so I went on, I went and uh, played Fortnite and told, told everybody's playing. I was like, look, Hey, yeah. I got a new Insta live and it's, it's fire. Right. So go check it out. Did any of it help album sales? None, <laughs> none. <laughs> Help, help zero album sales. Um, so now, Quarantine with Rhett will have a listening portion of me talking about a new song yeah. off my new record, Good to Me, yeah, over you, and over. You got to make a living. Yeah. So I mean, my you know, 100% of my proceeds go to feed uh, needy kids, right. the four that I have at home, and they're tired of eating Raymond noodles. Yeah. I'm sorry, who's Raymond? Ray, <laughs> Raymond noodles. <laughs> oh. How do you say it? Uh, ramen. But anyway, no, ramen's like the real stuff. Oh, okay. <laughs> like you go, like I love good ramen. Oh, yeah. But let's be honest, like that pack of like hard noodles, that's not ramen. That's Raymond. That's ramen's like that's ramen's brother that owns a gas station <laughs> and sells you Slim Jims and Mountain Dew. Raymond. They compete with Bucky's. Yeah, they do. <laughs> it's across they're, the street. <laughs> yeah, they're going to put a ramen place in Raymond's gas station. That's word around town. Yeah. You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. This is going to be a crazy transition. Uh, good to me. Can you walk us up DNA of, of good to me? <laughs> that, is, <laughs> that is a crazy transition. Um, yeah. So when I, I'll set it up this way, let's, let's step back a few years. Uh, got in the industry, put out two records, traveled a lot, missed my family. And in, in the middle of doing all that and never being home because, you know, me and my wife, we were 17 and 18, got pregnant, got married, no money, just trying to figure out life. Ended up getting a record deal and got these opportunities to, like, tour and travel around. And so I didn't turn down. Uh, this chair sounds like you, too. If oh, it's okay. It. So I don't know if these, these microphones are going to pick it up. Yeah. That's that's my wallet. That's definitely not a, <laughs> not a toot. Um so, you know, you, you travel and, and you work. Yeah, that's how I was raised. Yeah. And, and I'm a product of the South. So if you, if you meet a locked door, you kick it in, you keep moving. You just don't, you don't slow down. And that quickly turned into, as much as I enjoyed it, I became the cynical, kind of like just frustrated at everything artist that I said I would, I would never be. And, you know, if a single didn't work, it was this person's fault. If a tour fell apart, it was this person's fault. And really, I just never stepped back and like just and rested, you know, and didn't get to go to church with my, my family that much because I'm usually playing on Sundays. And then when I get home, I'm tired. So I, I just stepped out. I was like, I'm, I'm putting a pause, started going to church, didn't even go lead worship at first. I was like, I just need to sit with my wife in service, sit with my kids. And so I did that and that kind of rejuvenated in doing that, like the reason that I have these dreams in, in my heart of like doing music and singing about peace and truth and joy and love and hope that we all know come from Jesus, but a lot of people are searching for and they don't know where that comes from. And so I was like, man, I, I think I might want to do this again. Went to write with the guy that I wrote when Mercy found me with, and, and we it just kind of went nowhere at first. And we're like, man, I guess we're just going to go get a burger. And he was like, Rhett, why are you, why are you coming back to this now? Like you stepped out, like, are you sure this is what you want to do? You were frustrated during these, you know, couple of years, like you didn't like it. And I, I told him, I said, man, 
in in the best times of like when the first record came out and we're having so much fun touring to you know having my kids and celebrating these anniversaries with my wife when we weren't even in statistics of staying together at you know 17 and 18 to the bad times where I was tired and exhausted and mad and frustrated and like in my wavering mind and my wavering um attitude God stayed the same he never changed and I said, dude, from from the good times to the bad times to to the quarantines, you know, <laughs> per se. Um, God has been good. He's always been good to me, and so that was, it was like, that's it. And so I said, man, if we're gonna if we're gonna write this song, like, and I've always tried to write from experience. I don't want to just throw seven Jesuses in a song to try to you know make it a, a Christian radio song. I just want to. I always try to write from experience and and life lived because you know when Mercy found me it was about us getting pregnant as teenagers, you know, people might not have that experience, but they have something in their life. That's like, I remember that one moment when I realized what true grace was. So I said, if we're going to write this, then it's got to just be honest. And I feel like it's one of the most honest songs I've ever written because I wrote it from, from those two years and getting to the other side. And you know, the beginning of the song is when it all don't go the way I planned when I've worked so hard for what I still don't have. And just in those moments of defeat, still looking out and going, man, God's good. Like I've, I've never went without, you know, I've, uh, he's always laid this, this ground out before me. I've never walked alone on that ground. So, so that's what we wrote it to be just a reminder. And then all of this happened, which is crazy with the pandemic. And it's like, man, we need that reminder because like, you know, this, this stinks, man. Like I, I'm not built to stay home. Like that's not, I love my wife and my kids, but I'm built to to go out and to, I'm a doer, you know? And so it stinks not being out there with the fans. It stinks not touring, not, you know, doing the, the normal stuff. But there's that kind of reminder that I've had for myself, which I'm excited for people to hear is like, hey, let's, let's not look back on this time with the I wish I would haves. God's still good. God's still great. It looks different, but we can still walk in joy and that hope and that peace and not worry about tomorrow even though this all looks crazy. So yeah. that's kind of the, you know, the, the story behind the song, I guess you would say, just the, what that song and the all encompassing theme for me of like why I wrote that tune. Um, Rhett, let's go into, I, I don't think I, I've had you on before, but I don't think I ever, I, I hope this isn't a lazy radio question, but can you please tell everybody what it's really like to be a pastor's kid. You might hear bad stories of PKs out there doing, but what do we need to know, those of us who are not PKs? Yeah. What is it really like to be a pastor's kid? Yeah, uh, whenever you think about a pastor's kid, everything you're thinking, nailed it. Like, that's, <laughs> I got the T-shirt. I did it. That was me, you yeah. know? Um, but, I mean, I also, yeah, I feel like, even though I'm, I'm not a pastor, like my kids are almost like pastor's kids. Like, you know, they, you talk about the old saying, like growing up in a glass house, like in the South, we call that growing up in a Mason jar. Like everybody can see him, (laughs) the good, the dirty, the bad, the ugly. And, and two, to top that off, like we are in a small town and that church had, uh, Jesus was there. Like that church was built when Jesus was on earth. And, and so you don't change anything, you know. And so when when my dad <clears throat> when my dad got there, he like wore jeans one time, so he was basically you know about to go to hell. Um, 
because he wore jeans and yeah. sang a worship song that didn't involve piano and organ. Um, but to see where it comes from now and how, how great and diverse and where it is in this, this area of town, it's so funny to look back as a pastor, pastor's kid and remember the struggle. Like, yeah. remember the weight that my, my dad had on his shoulders because he, he's not a people pleaser. But God has given him these people, and he really wants to lead well to whenever we get to heaven, like he can know, like, hey, I led, I led these people of this church well. But sometimes it's not that easy because people are people, you know. And so to see, to see my dad, who I look to and I respect and how strong he is, to, to walk through all these different situations, to then counsel all these different types of people and handle all these different types of situations, it's, it's, a weird, it's a weird environment to grow up in. But also it's really cool to look back on and just be like, man, it was really awesome at an early age. To, to see God do miraculous things and to look back and see this couple still together who was like about to go at it and just be done with their marriage. And now they're still together and they're in church. And, and for me, when I got, uh, when me and April got married, you know, it was the talk of the town. Everybody was like, he can't even take care of his own son. How can he pastor a church? You know, like he had anything to do with my actions. Um, <clears throat> but I watched a church that was bickering and, and fighting because of that come together and throw me and my wife our wedding. Like we had so many people there that we didn't even know just because the church was being the church. And they said, Hey, this is a situation that we can step in at and and be the church, be the bride of Christ. So is the pressure massive? The pressure is pretty massive, you know, but like I said, the, it sounds super cliche to say like, but the, the payoff is really cool because you do get to see these little moments like, Man, that was cool because I don't know the backstory, but I know mom and dad have been meeting with this couple every night. Like something ain't right, you know? And then just to see the outcome of some of these things and families grow and prosper is, is cool. But yeah, the pressure's real and it ain't no fun. And I didn't help with it. You know, I was, I was wild and crazy. Yeah. I was the son of puppet ministers. Oh, is that a puppet ministry? So tell me, was is the pressure? <laughs> it's bad. Is, is everything it, you've heard about puppet ministers, kids, <laughs> is right on. <laughs> I you, am the first you've met, aren't I? I I am. Um, what was what was their go to like puppet? They had a puppet called Cowboy Carl, and half Gosh, of his face this. was Christian, half his face was the devil. So no matter where you turned your hand, he could swap characters. So it was a lot of pressure growing up at the church. Like, you're Cowboy Carl's brother. Were your parents frustrated when you didn't go into puppet ministry? <laughs> yeah, I let them down. Like, people were like, why are you not going to become a pastor like your dad? People I were want like, my own path. JR, you, I, I don't want to be puppet minister. I want to do my own thing. That's when I got on a bus and I took off to California. No, it is, it is real, but um, that's great. Uh, Rhett, can you tell the people what it's like for a, you know, singer, musician, where you're, you know, for me on the radio, even during lockdown, I was coming in, I was the only one at the station, but I could still do my show, still make a living. Um, I was talking to one of your artist friends earlier today that he was like, we're okay. You know, I write the song, so I'm still getting paid every time somebody, but he's like, my band is like, we're not doing shows. They're not making a li-. um so what is the new state of music, just from your observations, that you can tell non-musical people on the other side of the radio right now, um, with everything that's changed, with no shows, 
maybe even from a financial thing, how do people make this work now? Because they just listen to the radio and the yeah. songs keep coming on, but you guys are real people. Yeah. On the other side. It's uh it's it's just simply weird because I don't know like when does it get back to normal? You know, like what is normal now? Um and too, like you said, like my band, like they're 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 doing regular jobs, you know, like um like my buddy cuts the guy plays guitar for me, he cuts hair. And so but the the crazy thing that that also stunk for like musician like um like hired guns or band guys is most of them at the beginning what they did was they did have their license to cut hair like Eric did, but you couldn't cut hair right, at first. Yeah. So like even the stuff like there when we're not touring or I was just doing an acoustic tour, the stuff that they had planned that they did for jobs in like they couldn't even do that. So, so your main job and your side job canceled can't happen you know and and for me like yeah i, I write the song so i i'm able to still make money thank the lord you know throughout the months of sitting home but it's it's also weird just not being with with your fans like yeah. i think fans they they listen to a song they love the song they love the artist and then you go see them you know like i hear i hear this on my favorite station i love this band i'm gonna go see them i'm gonna follow them on instagram whatever and for us, like the joy of writing a song and putting pen to paper and getting out what is in your heart is, is everything that I, I, I wanted growing up. Then taking that song to the masses and playing it in front of them is like the reason I still want to do this. And so not being able to do that is, it, it really does stink. And I'm just kind of ready to get back. I'm ready to get back to like normal, you know, or at least play a show. Yeah. Like my kids are really tired of me making them sit on the couch and yell for me. Right. Cause I, you gotta, you gotta keep practice up. Yeah. You know, I don't want to forget how to play these songs, but I also don't want to forget like in our intro song, like where, where do I walk out? Because I don't want to walk out too early and I've got to hit that one little spot. Yeah. So to, there's only one way to do that is to practice. Right. So I make my son turn the lights off in the living room <laughs> And my wife presses play on our TV and it's a, it's a 10 minute long intro song. Yeah. And then I make them wait and I walk out with 15 seconds left. Burn some popcorn so you can get some smoke yep. rolling through. They, uh, the, yeah. It, it, house stinks for a while. <laughs> the dog's scared. It's weird. It's a whole to do, but yeah. I told him to quit being ungrateful. Yeah. yeah. We're in Dad's got to practice. All right. <laughs> Now I'm going to jump off the top of this couch and you guys need to catch me and stop passing me. <laughs> but dad, we're two. Yeah. Okay. I can see all this playing out. Yeah. That's how I jump from the uh, stairs railing. <laughs> like, catch me, kids. Daddy's got a seven-year-old. She is not strong. <laughs> <laughs> we love doing this with the artists we have on the show here called Tickling the Ivories. Uh, this is going to be Tickling the Ivories with Rhett Walker. Oh, God. The theory is we know that most of the guests I have are singers. Um, but we brought this piano in just for a little bit of an experiment. A lot of the artists we have don't play a lick. Like Zach Williams just hit up three buttons over and over. What are they called? Buttons? Keys. What, what kind of key <laughs> piano is this? I told you, I don't know piano either. You want to go tickle <laughs> the buttons? Yeah. Play, Sounds uh, awkward. Play chopsticks with the buttons, you know? <laughs> um, and then we'll have Matt Morin who will throw us Chopin. Oh, that's not even fair. So... But it's so there is no, this is not about looking good. It's just whatever you want to do with your 30 seconds. JR, I'm going to tell you something. I've never not looked good. Okay. <laughs> All right. 
Perfect. About to make this thing happen. All right. Uh, let's, uh, I'm going to play this little intro for Tickling the Ivories, and when it's over, we'll be mic'd up at the piano. Tickling the Ivories. All right, it's Tickling the Ivories with Wet, uh, <laughs> wet Walker, and I'm a Wiley Wabbit. That's um, not my name. Rhett, Rhett, um, do you play piano? Do, uh, let me give you some background music while you introduce oh, okay. this thing. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you're having a good day. Right I know now, I, am. I know I am. <laughs> and we're gathered around the piano here with Rhett Walker. 30 seconds of tickling the ivories. Rhett's going to give us uh, whatever he'd like to give us. Um, um, you can just showcase skills or have some fun. What if I just made up a song about your show? It's just me and JR Sitting out here during quarantine Trying to find things to talk about Like how good looking I am Except he didn't even ask me about that Or what I do when I wake up in the morning with my face Or how did you get such big muscles Or why are you so uber talented But I guess it's not about me When you're on this show with JR How great (laughs) is our God Sing how great is that was great it's <laughs> how great I wrote you know I wrote that song oh really yeah there's a kid he was coming up and his name's Tomlin and uh, so I was like hey I got an idea and it was my idea was how fantastic is our God <laughs> yeah and he was like man that doesn't roll off the lips he was like I, he was like what about great yeah how stellar is our God? Yeah, I was like, how fantastic is our God? Sing with me. And then he was like, how great rolls off time better. So. Yeah. Well, good. Everything works out in the end, you know? You know, <laughs> we, we hope. <laughs> there you go. Tickling the Ivories with Rhett Walker. Beautiful. Tickling the Ivories. Wrapping things up with Rhett Walker. Don't forget there is a, um, a new uh, album, not EP, right? Yeah, you didn't. You went all in. Yeah, none of this five songs. <laughs> I, went, I went all in. I went all in with uh, basically two EPs put together. Okay. <laughs> um, including the new song, Good to Me, is on there. Uh, Believer is on there as well. And uh, thank you for taking a moment. We're looking forward to, to, to seeing you on the road again. Yes, so. exactly. Thanks for having me on here, man. I love when the artist puts my name in a song for tickling the ivories. Makes me feel so important. I love that dude, Rhett Walker. He he's just such a funny guy. Should have a radio show, but I'm not going to tell him that because then that's competition for me. But um, anyway, he's a great guy and uh, love the music as well. So hopefully you enjoyed that. If you did, we'd love it when you give us a nice little five star review. If you didn't like it, just move along. You know, it's cool. Uh, we encourage you to subscribe to the JR Show podcast so that you are alerted when we've got a new episode out. Also, you can connect with us on Instagram as well. Now, let's talk about next week's podcast. She had one of the biggest songs in 2020 in Into the Sea. Uh, Tasha Layton is going to be my guest. She was on American Idol for a little while, and uh, you won't want to miss that next week. Again, hit subscribe. You'll be alerted when it comes out. That's it for now. Peace.